We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Dana Mattia and Nice Young back with another episode of Dice It Up on the Herd Hoops That's Podcast Network. Ice went out and got us some awesome <laughs> guests to break down where we are in our semifinals of the WNBA playoffs. Uh, so Ice, how about you introduce them? Dana, first of all, you're so humble because I'm only responsible for one of our guests. Okay, Dana did get the other. I just reached out and did the, you know, quick messaging, but tag team effort always. What's up, fam? Good to see you. Okay, our first guest uh, had the chance of meeting, I met both of you guys, WNBA All-Star which is so cool. I love that. I love how it connected the media. Um, that might've been the best part of all-star weekend, but we will just breeze through that. Okay. So first up is uh, Mark Schindler, uh, writer for WBA.com. Uh, if you do not follow Mark already on Twitter, please do all thing women's sports WBA. Um, Mark, thanks for joining us. So good to see you again. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Also, I just realized Dice It Up is combining your two's names. Hey. I, I had never understood it and I just got it now. So amazing <laughs> it only took me like three months of listening but here we are we didn't do a good job of like uh we were supposed to like tell people that like on the on multiple shows but i guess we skipped over yeah i still like said it right now i'm like oh okay i get it now but yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you thank you for huh. noticing yeah mm-hmm. Dano. okay well we tried you know we would think people would be more clever i guess and like fill it in it's fine Damn. mark got it that's all that matters uh next up this has you have become one of my favorite people to talk hoops with uh just conversations your thoughts and analysis on Chicago this season has been amazing so Stephen Garner thank you for joining us you are a writer for Nuts Nuts and Bolts Sports um like I said has become one of my favorites to talk hoops with uh about the W this season so thanks for being here I appreciate y'all for the opportunity peace and blessings to everybody and uh, yeah, you've you've been one of my favorites to talk hoop with as well as Mark, and I've always appreciated the conversation between you and Dano. So I'm just grateful for the opportunity. Thank you, guys, for sure. Excellent. You know, I love the U.S. Open hat, my guy. I'm jealous. Yes. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Mark's girlfriend, Karina. Uh, am I allowed to say that, Mark? Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you already did. So I, yeah. I, I mean, I can always cut. I can always cut it. You know what I mean? Um, no, you're good. All right, cool. Uh, you know, I'm super into tennis now that I live in New York City and the U.S. Open is here. And um, who doesn't love Serena? Sad she lost. But uh, it was like a total clash of worlds with a legend playing on one day. And then me uh, me knowing the Chicago Sky were going to dominate and, uh, in game three. But them playing at like the exact same time was like killing my brain. And the fact that I had to go to dinner with my in-laws uh, was terrible. So I had to actually rewatch that game. Uh, thankfully, game four uh, was was on its own by itself. Um, so very happy about that. Okay. We love that. Um, okay. First, we're going to hash out this Connecticut Sky matchup um, for obvious reasons. 
But first, um, I just want one big thought for that series right now from Mark and Steven. Your one big thought. Man, um, I don't know if I can wrap it into one uh, bad, <laughs> like not I mean, not the series. Thought. Yeah, Could be like, good or bad. Big okay, thought. Okay, like one I've thought. loved the series, but as far as this goes for the sun, like bad very very bad um yeah the pressure is like i don't know like yeah we'll we'll get into it more but the just pressure overall on the sun is like it was palpable in game three okay steven what you got uh, for me i'm just continuing to be amazed by the variance of ways that the sky are able to go about getting wins this season whether it's against whether it's against like top end teams where you got to score high or whether it's against a team like the sun where things get ugly things get messy and just continue to find ways to win, whether it's on their terms or someone else's. And that's just, just says a lot about what you're able to do, especially on this specific stage in the playoffs. Uh, I, it does say a lot. It does say a lot. And I, I, I resonate with that. And then I resonate with, with Mark's kind of sentiment of pressure because what yeah. WNBA coach, what, no, what coach in any professional aspect? <laughs> I, I can't believe ESPN even showed this. But said, "Hey man, it's content." Like, <laughs> yes, I, you know what? I asked one of my producers, and he was like, "No, that's TV gold. You don't get that stuff on mic ever." And so you got it, Aaron. I'm like, "Okay." I, I for those who aren't listening, we're gonna include the clip right here. Any suggestion on pro players making a layup? Like honestly, like I, I'm gonna get fired because we can't make a layup. Or, or not knowing what we're talking about, we're gonna include the clip right here. But he said he is going to get fired because professionals cannot make layups. Uh, and it's the third quarter. They weren't out of this game completely. And, and I don't think the game got uh, ever hit double digits, really. Um, I mean, it was between eight. It was at two for a long time. Granted, they missed a lot of shots. And uh, we can get in the specifics on who's missing those shots and um, and whatnot. But, like, that just spells an awful awful culture and environment for me um i would not want to be in that huddle uh knowing that's who i was playing for that's the leader of my team uh i just don't like it from so many different angles i see you're around it so i mean i i don't know what how much you are at liberty to talk about uh you know if that's kind of his style uh his mentality uh, but to me it's it's a lot of blame on other people what I'm going to say is, um, as a professional basketball player who has played, you know, ACC, SEC basketball, where coaches' jobs are their livelihoods and they're providing for their families, that the pressures and stakes are high, obviously. And I think, you know, for Kurt Miller personally, um, it has been the storyline all season that in the last um two to three years this team has been the best team statistically in the league like in terms of wins they had the most wins in the playoffs in terms of a franchise in the w but have not a championship to to show for it and so i think that level of frustration and negativity that we saw is because of that storyline behind it uh and knowing that kurt is in his seventh year you know also the gm has done a good job right like this connecticut team that we're seeing on the floor right now is a team that he put together beautifully uh besides the loss of a jasmine thomas at the point guard position this team would have been the best team to acquire everything that they did in the offseason besides chicago and so i just think that that comment like that just spews all the things that are behind it that are going through his mind that had been in the storylines that had been these conversations with the team about hey this team is never going to look the same again. We've got to capitalize. And I'm frustrated because we're not capitalizing because we're missing layups. That's what I got from it. Well, we know whose side you're on. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, uh, it's interesting because there's there's a lot of stuff I think you can take from it. Um, and in some ways, like for, for listeners who are you know, obviously following the NBA as well, like the sun resembles so much what happened with the Phoenix Suns this last year for me. Um like, especially, like, I mean, taking some time out, and obviously I'm not in Uncasville as often as ice is, but, like, being around that team for for a week um, and, you know, getting to to really get to know some people there when I was, uh, you know, writing that story on AT, um, 
and this is not trying to shade thing a certain things a certain way, but I was su- surprised, I think, with some of the answers and um, just the general openness from this team in general that this is this is going to be their last year together. And that's been the entire year. It's been we know this is our last year together. And I think it's one thing like, of course, you're going to know that in the back of your mind. But it's been a constantly on their backs this entire year. And it felt like that, especially watching game one, like like these missed layups. Like, yes, part of it is players just not playing well, but it, it legitimately just feels like pressure and tension, like so much watching everything. And like um, it could have gone one or two ways. Like, I think that, that first game was like the perfect showing. Like, yes, this is going to be an ugly series. They have to come out and win. But then you saw, especially game two and then in this game three, like when the pressure goes the other way, like it was backbreaking. Um, you started to see a ton of stuff, not to be like a body language expert, but body language was awful in game three. The transition defense was like, I mean, there are like two or three players who just aren't even getting back. And that was throughout the entire game. Like the fact that it was that close still was like mind boggling to me. Um, it just feels like very much like this team is kind of on the brink of falling apart because of where it's at, which is like kind of like heartbreaking to say, but um, I just think that's where it's at. And I can end up being completely wrong going into game four, but that's just how it feels in the moment. Like there are players frustrated about uh, how the offense is or isn't being played. Um, There are, you know, I mean, very clearly, like there are players who are totally not on the same page offensively and defensively. Like if there's a misrotation, somebody's getting chewed out for it. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but like, again, this is like, it's, it's like, this is very close to breaking apart. And I think uh, I'm very interested to see what, what happens the remainder of the series. Cause it could go five for sure. I mean, this is still a talented team, but, and not that that's without even getting into Chicago. We have a ton of stuff to talk about with Chicago, but like, um, unfortunately that has been the story, especially with what game three looked like. Yeah. Mark, you brought up a great point that I've noticed uh, in terms of like the overall energy and like the things that are, that go without being asked about, they get brought up and answers. So I've been spending time in the press room after every game and their press conference sessions have a different type of energy to them. I like to pay attention to like the interpersonal things that I said and of course the mannerisms and body language. And it seems like like the choice of words, it keeps it continuously gives off the vibe that like the, this thing is coming to an end, like the end of the road is near. And that goes from the head coach, of course, with Kurt Miller down to whatever players are selected to speak to the media after games. And you know, with through with through three games at this point. And of course they had a good job and they had a great showing in the first game. And the energy was a little bit more positive, but they were still kind of like hinting at the end of the road being here. And of course, over the last two games, things have been a lot more, like you guys said, palpable in terms of conversations and choice of words and mannerisms and body language uh, post-game, especially, and even more so during the games, you know, when the sky are kind of putting them, it seems like out of their misery in a sense. Unfortunately, it's a harsh way of wording it, but it's kind of like what it seems like. So, so yeah, I agree with all the points that you guys are making, and it's definitely giving hints to just that. And having, like, watched so many different, like, renditions of NBA teams and how they run their course, some teams take a lot longer to run it, some teams have a lot shorter of a window. This gives, this gives off all those same vibes in terms of body language and just how things just generally feel watching this team all season. I think now because it's playoffs and it's it's also Chicago. Like I feel like Chicago has Connecticut's calling card, right? Like if they were playing uh, Seattle or Vegas, I don't think we'd see this. I, I truly don't. I don't think the level of frustration would be as high, not because these teams aren't as good, but because Chicago just always finds a way to figure out Connecticut. Like it has been like that since Kurt Miller has been there, um, since James Wade has been there, right? Uh, and so I, I kind of think that that hints to it as well, to know that they couldn't beat them in the regular season. Um, I had told Dano, I said, it's going to take a near perfect game for Connecticut and a very C minus lower F game for Chicago, for Connecticut to win. Like they're not going to beat them if they play a B game. They're not going to beat them if they play their A game. I I don't believe so. And so I feel like that's what we saw in the first game. Um, But I, I also feel like the main reason that we see this frustration is because this team just doesn't have a clear identified leader. That's all. Um, I, you know, I'm a huge fan of Jasmine Thomas personally and, you know, professionally on the court. Uh, but that's what she was this team. Like she was the calm in the storm, like the, hey, we're good. We can pull it together on the court. Um, and this is no knock to any of the point guards that are now playing that position. Like I think Natisha Heidemann has stepped up incredibly in her third year. I think Odyssey Sims does Odyssey Sims, but she came to the team so late. Obviously, Bria Hartley was heartbreaking. 
Um, but they just do not have a leader on the floor. And I think when you look to the team, you think it's going to be the reigning MVP and JJ and JJ just has not been able to do that uh, uh, consistently for, for whatever reason we think that is. And I know Dan, I wanted to get in that too. Like, what do you guys think about, you know, JJ right now, uh, John Cole Jones and her use for this team notice, you know, at the end of that last game, she was not in the game. She did not play the last four or five minutes. And, and again, we talked about the margin, like it was, they, I think Chicago's uh, biggest rain margin was seven points. So the game was close the entire game, but we don't see the reigning MVP in the game for the last three or four minutes to try and close out the game. Why? Honestly. Um, and I, I, I think some people disagree with me yesterday. I thought it was the right call from Kurt. Like she was not playing a good game yesterday. If we're being frank, like that was really rough. Obviously game one was extremely rough too. Um, I think especially well defensively, I thought she was really good in game one and she's had moments defensively where she's been really good, but um, especially as Chicago's really brought their screens up higher um, and been able to open up some of the cutting lanes, especially on 45 cuts. Um, she's been getting caught flat footed a lot. And um, again, I think part of that too, like there's just been, especially in game three, there was some uh, like Nakia Duncan put out a possession that I had had noted. That was like, I have no idea what her and Courtney Williams are doing on the weak side. Um, and it ends up resulting in a basket. And that happened multiple times yesterday. So I understood pulling her. But I think it also speaks at large to like, okay, at one point, like, yes, you like that. What's so difficult is when you have a team this talented that has that many players that you have to build your team around. I mean, this is why you don't have all quote unquote all star teams because, okay, part of being a star basketball player is like, hey, you have the team built around you. You, to be that kind of player, you have to want to get shots. Like very clearly, John Paul Jones wanted to be a focal point of the offense. Like it's one thing to tell her, okay, you're just going to be used as a screener and, and you know, do stuff on the roll occasionally. And, you know, we really need you to space. Okay, great. I'm the reigning MVP. Like that's a lot easier said than done. And that's what it's been like. Like this entire year, it's felt like a push-pull of how do they actually get the right amount of John Paul Jones on the team? It's never hit. And I think like game two, frankly, I felt that it was like a very clear effort to get John Quell as many touches as possible. I don't think it was great for the offense, even though it worked for her individually. Um, and again, that's not to say that she's selfish or anything like that. That's just how it goes sometimes with um, the way these teams are assembled. And um, so, yeah, I think we're just it's not that I think John Quell is bad. Like she's she has not showed up in this in this round. Um but it just kind of speaks at large to what the roster construction is like. And again, I think that speaks a lot more to um, to where the team is at in terms of togetherness right now as, as you know, as compared to anything else. Yeah. yeah I think I just made a great point with the fact that not having Jazz on the floor, like, of course, you have on the sideline, but in that 94 feet, there's nothing she can do. And having that missing is, I think – by the masses, we might not have put enough of a value on that in terms of giving them expectations this season. Uh, and, and that might be partly due to how well the team, you know, performed throughout the season, even without her. Um, they still showed that they were very much formidable. I mean, they got them to the second round of the playoffs again, you know. So you're looking at it from that perspective, yeah. But at the same time, that is unequivocal and not having her talent on the court. And then um, I like to point at a point that Kurt Miller made post-game. I think it was after game one. And I wish I could credit the person that asked the question, but essentially the, the premise of the question was what's going on with John Coyle and why is there such a high variance in terms of her usage and the, the amount of, you know, field goal attempts that she has. And Kurt Miller basically went as far as to say it's essentially like a function of having more talents meshed into the, the fold, comparing it to last season versus this season. It was a predictable answer. It was almost like it was scripted and it's understandable. But at the same time, again, when your team has a lot of deficiencies offensively, especially in the half court, you have the reigning MVP, one of the most well-rounded talents on the offensive end of the floor, not even just scoring in terms of being able to, you know, operate as a hub of an offense from the post or in isolation or sometimes even down the wing. Like to not use that talent to the furthest of its extent, or at least not even experiment with attempting to do so with the leader out. It's a head scratcher to me. So, um, so yeah, and that, that, that again is like a microcosm of all of the things that have been going on in, in Connecticut this season, unfortunately. I mean, yeah, you brought up, you know, how bad some of these players are on offense. I mean, I would, I, I probably put it a lot worse in that sense, but uh, I got to give a shout out to to our guy, Calvin Wetz, Wetzel from, you know, uh, herhoopstats.com. There's three players shooting under. 40% from inside the arc 
in the entire playoffs, and they're all on the Connecticut Sun with minimum 30 field goal attempts. Melissa Thomas, Courtney Williams, and Dewan Bonner. I do think John Quell, I mean, all her numbers are definitely going to be a little bit deflated from last year with the fact that Alyssa Thomas played a full season and not nothing against Alyssa Thomas and how great she's been. But, I mean, I mean, they both had really successful regular seasons and uh, put up great numbers overall. But I think for this team to be successful that John Quill has to be a focal point. I just think you want your most talented player to be that. If you have, uh, if you're, you know, the riches that Chicago has, they have the ability to kind of make any player the focal point on any night. Uh, I mean, even down to their bench, that team is so deep. And I mean, I feel like a lot of people on Twitter are like, oh, you know, give Dijonay more looks. It's like, well, you know, anyone can come in and be a spark for a little bit, especially against uh, bench players. But I just don't see any way that this Connecticut team can run a table uh, throughout a regular season and postseason with the current way the roster is constructed. So, uh, you, I, for me, it's built around John Quell, and that would mean breaking up kind of a the AT thing. But I don't know. I'm already talking like the the series is over though, so. I, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> well, the best part is like, honestly, we could just end up being wrong. And somehow I don't think it's going to happen. But what if Connecticut just wins two games? Like, I doubt it happens, but we've seen it happen before. Um, like, it, crazier things have happened again. Like, we can't erase how important game one was. Um, but I just severely doubt it. And that's like, I mean, we haven't even mentioned how incredible Candace Parker has been. Oh, like, my God. Like, so much of this, like, th- what's what's been so wild is like, Chicago's up. They've played three very bad games, if we're being completely mm-hmm. honest. Like, Chicago Thank has you. not played well. Thank you. Like, Rhea where Copper, Allie Quigley? Yeah. Like, yeah. what? what oh, Allie going? Quigley is, like, to, to be fair to Connecticut, like, they've done a really good job of taking the perimeter players and putting them in as, as murky of waters as possible. But also, like, they're just missing so many shots. Yeah. It's pretty mm-hmm. much, like, Candace Parker's been the offense the last three mm-hmm. games. Yeah, I mean, Julia mm-hmm. Copper did not play good in the last game, mm-hmm. um, and and you could tell she was visibly frustrated with herself yeah. about it. A matter of fact, I saw the the end of the game where Candace went to her and hugged her, and they were having that conversation, yep. and a hundred percent like could read lips and understand the value of like, yo, that's one game, bro. Like you are good. It is not define you. We got the win. We need you to play well the next game. But I completely agree with you, Mark. Like I. I feel like Connecticut is not taking advantage of the fact that those players are not playing to their potential. Right. Uh, I mean, the first couple of games I was like, Emma Miesman, come on, like what's going on here. And in the last game, obviously she showed up, but like only Candace has been, you know, super consistent out of those, obviously Slutty, right. We know uh, Steve and I texted you about this, Dano, I texted you about that. The only reason Connecticut won the first game is because Vandersloot was not playing well. Like to me, she's the key to them winning games. If they can limit her and frustrate her and muck it up for her, they sincerely have a chance because everybody else is not their se- themselves if Sluti is not playing in her regular rhythm and flow and getting people the ball and creating all those different opportunities. But thank God for Candace. Like, I don't understand how somebody so old looks so young. I don't, I don't, I like don't get it. I'm like, I know you're supposed to look experienced and just well beyond your years, and she does, but at the same time, she still looks like she is fresh. Like, I mean, like in Asia Wilson, like I'm only my fourth or fifth year, like I, just completely fresh and like ready to go. It's scary. It's I have, when I have Candace so much calm the ball on the left block yesterday. Is, <laughs> I was like, oh, it's is. over. That was, was like, like oh, that was her playoff hurt. moment for me. Like yeah. as soon as she palmed the ball, I'm like, oh, it's over. It's going. I said, about to get dirty. Like, yeah, that was amazing. About to get dirty. Let me turn yeah. it. Let me turn this off. <laughs> and shout out, shout out, Kayla Davis. She was like, as soon as she palmed it, I knew it was a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. So, yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, yep, yep. Well, the level mm-hmm. of embarrassment I would have if somebody put me in the post and palmed the ball, I think I'd foul immediately. Yeah. Like you know, what do you think this is? But it's. That, that also that also speaks to the problem with the sun because why is Candace getting so many like three and four dribble post ups or isolation and there's not one double team sent? Like I know they're sending um like I know on that specific play they had some split cuts going on between Allie and Slooty, but it's like forget the split cuts, like the person with the ball is the most important. Why are you not like giving her more attention in a one on one? And that one on one defender is not even Alyssa Thomas on that play. I think it was 
think that might have been JJ on that. Play, it was JJ. Mistaken. Yes. Yeah. It, like, it so like, like, so, so like, what are we, what are we doing right now? I think you pick your poison. Come on, it's like it's Chicago. You pick your poison. You know, and I think this is, yeah. a, this is the reason why Emma Meesman is so good because when they pick their poison and they say, hey, we got to get the ball to Candace's hand, we got to get the ball to Kalia Copper's hand. All of a sudden, freaking Emma Meesman is a superstar. And not because she does anything differently, but because they decided for her to be the poison in that game. But she's so consistent. She's so strong. And she's got the highest IQ in all of the world, I swear, that she always yes. capitalizes and make them look bad when they let when they let her be the poison. But it's like, you got to pick your poison. Like, you you know, you can't, technically, you can't pick correctly. Like, you picking correctly would just mean that people miss shots. You know what I'm saying? Which is what we're hoping for, which is not a good thing to hope for. But it, it's helped them stay close in these games. Exactly. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up Emma because you, I, you know, about when we did our, our series preview, I, uh, <laughs> Emma sees this, Emma is, Emma is unreal. <laughs> the, like, if people pay attention to the things that she does functioning within the Sky's offense, like, not just screening, not just posting up, like, the plus one passes that she makes, how many times she slips out of the two-on scenarios into, like, the open space, whether it's as a release valve or, you know, different things like that are cutting from the from the um, the opposite baseline underneath everything, like she did for the final play to put the nail in the coffin. She does so many different little things, and like you said, her IQ is just so serene. Yeah, just everything that Emma Meesman brings to the sky, especially on the offensive end of the floor in the half court, you know, behind everything that the attention that the other guards and players give them offensively, uh, it's just invaluable. And then, of course, what she does on defense speaks for itself with deflections and mucking things up for other teams on the other end. Yeah, she was awesome on JJ yesterday. Has been the entire series, but yesterday was like she put her in a straight jacket, honestly, on defense. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, her defense probably goes underrated um, from most people, including myself. But, I mean, I know where my my head and my heart lie, especially after this conversation. I couldn't be more confident to put my money, shout out Spread the Floor, our, uh, our betting platform from her hoop stats. I will be betting the Chicago Sky money line on – on game four, uh, very confident that uh, we basically send Connecticut's franchise back a few years. I say we, <laughs> like I'm I'm part of Chicago, um, but that's where I'm at. I I think this series is done. I have so much confidence in my Chicago Sky. Uh, old takes exposed. You know, come get me if I'm wrong. Um, but I want to hear predictions from everybody else to wrap up this series before we get into our other one. I'm sorry. Can I just highlight my Chicago Sky? Yeah, resident new did yorker I did i did i miss like the whole new york <laughs> liberty bus like did it just, hey like, hey hold on hold on hold on turn it's, over crash and burn in, until my houston comments are back i i can do whatever i want mm. okay <laughs> do you own a houston comments jersey uh i own a i own a hoodie uh okay. right. i i own a hat that says back to back on it and um and that that's actually a real one I went to a Houston Comets <laughs> camp as a child, and I went to many That's games. Dope. And I cried when Teresa Witherspoon hit that shot because I did not understand how playoff series work. And that's when I learned because my dad explained to me that there was another game after that, and I didn't have to cry. <laughs> Incredible. Thank you. Good to know. <laughs> I love sports, man. Always love sports. Yeah. Um, I knew that about you, but I'm glad not everybody else does. You're improving. Yeah, okay, welcome. fine. I just had to highlight the My Chicago um yeah i we i've talked to steven about it Dan. i've talked to you about it mark you're the only one who i haven't talked to so clearly that's an issue just saying just so this is my problem wow yeah yeah um (laughs) i was gonna say i like steven's intro to the pod better than mine so clearly we have to to change things but i see how it is um (laughs) i'm just kidding um yeah i'm i'm taking sky in for it i i think that it's very like it's definitely possible that the the connecticut's on duke duke this out to another game but I would doubt it. Um, I, you know, hope hope that things play out. I have enjoyed this series as as mucky as it's been. But uh, yeah, sky and four. It was much nicer yeah. than how I put it. Well, it's partially <laughs> partially my job to put it a little bit nicer. But yes. <laughs> uh, my original prediction was sky and four because I just I understand like how the sky operate in terms of warming themselves up to a situation before putting a stamp on them. Like they did in the first round with the Liberty, uh, I'm assuming they're going to do the same thing in this in this series against the Sun. So I figured they would lose one of the first two games. I didn't think it would be the very first game. Ended up being that. And then, of course, we've seen them make the adjustments tactically and schematically, and even with just their energy with the team, 
And I think they're going to close this one out in four tomorrow or today, whenever you guys hear this. <laughs> Um, yeah, my last two comments before we get off of here, but we'll, you know, transition to the next series, which has been nuts. Um, yeah, mine was sky and four from the beginning. Um, I, I, I just think tactically it's it just, they're better. And with the veteran uh, leadership that they have, um, and I think they have an extra chip on their shoulder, trying to go back to back as one of the first teams to do that in decades. Um, one shout out to Rebecca Gardner. Just always have a lot of love for her and always have to shout her out. Uh, love watching her and just love the way that she affects the game when she comes in. Oh, there's Mark's doggy. Hey. No, that's Moose. Hi, Moose. <laughs> also, uh, words on Rebecca Gardner tomorrow. So our ooh, guest today. Yeah, yeah. I'll be. Ooh, I'll be love that. Lauren said, what's up? Um, second one. I hope we see Dana Evans. I hope we see Dana Evans. I understand that it may be later in the series. People may think that James Wade does not trust her. I'm here to tell you that that is a myth. That is a lie. I believe that he very much trusts her to play. I feel like with the way that Allie Quigley has some has been struggling, even though Allie Quigley is a proven veteran and she works with that team and unit, she also plays defense. I think that there are minutes that Dana Evans can sneak in there in that position rather than always making the Julie Aleman versus Evans conversation that we've had several times. I think that that is also where Dana Evans can slip in. So I'm hoping that we see more of her. I, I, I really do. I think she can give some valuable minutes in case it gets a little rough on Wednesday um, and, and it's not looking too good. I think that she can come in there and turn some things around. Really do. All right. We are going to Vegas, Seattle, which, bro, honestly, like the amount that I screamed at my TV at my grandmother's house <laughs> watching game three, she came out in the back and was like, are you OK? And I'm like, oh, no, it was a big shot. Super just hit this three. I don't know what's going to happen. And then two seconds later, Jackie Young makes his layup. And I'm like, bro, what is going on? So, okay, just end of regulation, whole thing. Like, what were the thoughts? Did Asia Wilson travel? Let's start with that. Did Asia Wilson <laughs> travel? Did Asia travel? I have a, somebody's going to call me out on this. I don't think it was a travel. I think it was you know, close. The pivot slid, the, the pivot foot, like, kind of slid. But also, like, it just, if this happened in the third quarter instead of the last few minutes, <laughs> we're not talking about it. Like 100%. I know that that's a very <laughs> annoying take, but like just as far as the actual like margin for error, like I don't think it is nearly as bad as it's getting made out to be. Um, I've just felt like we, it's, I swear to God, whenever this gets brought up on Twitter, people just don't understand that there's a gather step on a, on a Euro. Like that was a, just whatever, man. Like I'm, I'm fine with it. I, I on to game four. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at. I'm, it's been my timeline the entire day today. Okay. That that was the best way to put it though. If it had happened in the third quarter, it would not be a big deal. But uh yes, I I mean I if I'm if we're just looking at it in a vacuum, definitely a travel. I don't care what anyone says. It you know, if it looks like a cat, it meows <laughs> like a cat. <laughs> cat. But I don't think that ever gets called unless it's like super blatant. And her footwork's just too good to to call it when it moves that fast so it's like you know it's it's still a judgment call sort of so it's not like she stepped did you step on the line or not so um sorry that she's so good i can say noel quinn i don't know if you guys were in a post game noel quinn very clearly thought that was a travel and said as much herself so she was not happy about that I, um, I think yeah. half the people watching thought it was a travel. I yeah. think looking yeah. at it you know how you look at something fast you're like oh okay in game let me see the replay watch the replay i'm like whoa Hold on. Hold yeah. on. Uh, so, I, was... no, I, I said the same thing. Good, Dano. I said the same thing about her footwork. Like, because it's Asia and she always has impeccable footwork, I think, you know, referees, they're human too. They put that and lock that in their brain. They're like, oh, no, that's Asia making that. Can't be a travel. She wouldn't travel like that. And we're, we're here. But 100% live, I was like, yeah. If they could review that, I think they would have found that a travel. Yeah, I thought it was a travel. So I actually watched that game as a neutral fan to kind of decompress from, the, from that Sun Sky game. Uh, I was watching it with my mom, and my mom was the hugest Asia Wilson fan. She loves Don Staley, all of that. Uh, she was like, oh, she traveled. I was like, yeah, she did. But again, that's the status thing. Like, she's earned the right to have that not be a call in those moments. And she made it count. She scored. And, of course, like all three of you said, her footwork is just it's otherworldly. So she made it look so smooth. There was no, like, hiccup. There was no, you know, hesitation in the transition from move to move. Um, yeah, it was a bucket. Let's talk about the other the other entity that the that the Storm had in their possession, in their control, that they didn't execute on rather than trying to get help from the referees in that situation. I, I, can't, I, I can't say enough positive things about 
I mean, like, I think 90, yeah, I, it's hard to, I, I live in data and I, I just want to assume that down four with 11 seconds or less. <laughs> and I, I just don't think you win that game 95% of the time. And the poise that this Aces team had, and shout out to Becky Hammond for this, but, and you also need things to go your way a la Tina Charles missed free throws um, as he not putting her hands up. But like, then again, like who knew Jackie was getting the ball there? Uh, I, I am, that's, that's a, that might be a series shifting win. And from a team that was down 15, you know, uh, I just incredible poise from the coaching staff and, and every player on that, that ACES roster was actually playing minutes. I, I, I'm so impressed. Uh, it, it was going to hurt either way for either team to lose this one after either being up by a lot or storming all the way back, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> just just tough overall. But Becky Hammond, my God. Yeah, I literally tweeted, uh, like, her ATOs, beautiful. Like, she got exactly what she wanted to each time uh, with different options. Um, uh, I think for me though, I think, you know, uh, as great as Becky Hammond is, I think that those plays, those drawups were defendable. Like, uh, Ezzy, you were there, you know, you're going up against Jackie Young, six foot, like, yeah, she's athletic and long, but why, why not put your hands up? You know, uh, a commentator, I, I, I believe, um, I was Rebecca and Ryan were on the call. Like she could have taken the foul also as well, you know, take the foul and make her put, make, make her make those. Now I understand possibly giving up an and one, but I also don't think she put her hands down because of the time. I don't think she thought like time had expired. So like, there's no point in me contesting this, but I didn't agree with that. And then I think Asia also going one-on-one -on -one and that draw up play, I also think there should have been help coming from that as well. So I feel like both of those plays could have been defended. I just think that, yes, we give all credit to Becky because they worked out, but at the same time, I think that defense could have been better there for, for Seattle. And I just kind of think that that was like the point where they fell apart. I really think after, after that, they, they just kind of crumbled. And then over time, like, you know, you just called Chelsea Gray to tell her to take you home. And oh we, just go, home. we <laughs> I, just but, go home. But the, the three to Ricardo Williams, like, I don't know. I, I've been waiting on Kelsey Plum to be the one to finally hit that shot. I feel like she's had so many opportunities in the last like month to, yeah. to hit that three to tie it up. And it, or or win it and it hasn't been her yeah um the fact that she had trust and and Raquana Williams to take that shot and make it which we all know she can she's a great shooter hasn't had the same numbers as she had in previous seasons but oh god I I'm I'm waiting for my my Kelsey Blum big moment it hasn't happened yet but it's coming yeah can, I know can, I, can we just say though like I got chills, man. Like hearing that play get drawn up. First of all, mm -hmm. we get so much better stuff on W mic'd up on the sidelines than we ever get in the NBA. Like that's I have to say. Mm -hmm. But to hear it, you can plainly hear everything get called out and then see it run that crispy, crisply. Like that was that was amazing. That's one of the coolest things I've ever witnessed in sports. Um, and just like straight up, like I think that's one of the five best basketball games I've ever watched live like that was that was crazy um like you mentioned though with kelsey like kelsey has not shot well of course uh -huh. but she's still but she's still getting guarded like i mean the stuff that she's doing like again nakaya Duncan just wrote a really great piece on on her screening um she's been huge in what they're doing and like like you mentioned chelsea as well like chelsea like we just have to talk about like as good as candace parker has been chelsea gray has been the best player in the playoffs been insane like sure. she's been a top 10 player in the w since the all-star break and just keeps ratcheting it up somehow shooting like 70% from the field in the, in the playoffs. And like, on one hand, I totally agree with ice. Like their defense was rubbish yesterday. I don't know why I said rubbish. I was watching James Bond. So like British accent <laughs> and stuff. But like, um, uh, but it's like also at the point too, where like Chelsea gray, like they literally just, I don't even know if they were calling plays in that first half. Like it's just Chelsea gray coming down, calling screens, calling anything up that she wants she's like all right let's put them in a torture chamber and it was like i threaded it earlier today like literally she just came down like she was like all right we're just going to keep running stuff that i think is going to work i'm going to pinpoint every weakness in your defense and we're going to destroy you and that was like that was a demoralizing first half like it, it just literally got to the point where i was like i don't know what seattle is supposed to do like i mean there are plays where gabby williams is completely draped over chelsea gray as legally as possible um and it just doesn't matter 
because she's just shooting like that right now. And I think like it, it, I mean, when, when Chelsea Gray is not, uh, even then, like if you're, if you're sending a trap, like, okay, Keith Stokes is a good enough roller where it, if she gets a half step on, on Tina Charles, she's going to at least get the ball around the basket. Like it's, it's not perfect, but you get what I'm saying. But like, it's just, I mean, granted again, like that defense has to be better. The amount that they're switching things instead of trying to fight over, I've been a little bit confused by, I don't know why they've gone to that as much. Like part of that is like um, the way that it's not just like running double drags or running stagger screens. Like, okay, they're going to set angled screens or they're going to have Kelsey Plum waiting on a back screen. And it's like, okay, well, if we don't switch this, then like a 42% three-point shooter who's having one of the best three-point shooting seasons in league history is flaring out to the weak side. Like it's the kind of stuff where it's like you have to think and you can see that playing out for Seattle. Um, This Vegas team is so good. To see them like have this series. And like you mentioned too, like, I mean, the emotions I had going from Asia hitting that shot to Sue Bird off a of flare screen on the left side of the court to go up. I was like, like, it was just insane. And I thought the game was over. And then now we're here talking about them winning in overtime. Like, yeah, that was just what a game, man. Yeah. Yeah. The level, the level of mental and emotional stamina mm. on display from, from Las Vegas was unbelievable. Just unbelievable yesterday. I, I was texting ice during the game. I was like, I felt like the one thing that Seattle had as an edge over the AC just on paper going into the series was continuity and then just the experience factor and being able to bank on that and executing in the waning moments because the games were bound to be close. So the fact that Seattle did all that they did, like Daniel said, to come back from the 15-point deficit at halftime to take the lead within the last, like, 11 seconds and then fumble it away for things that are pretty much all on their doing alone, like that – it speaks, it speaks volumes to just how many different ways the Aces stress you. They stress you with Chelsea. They stress you with Kelsey. They stress you on offense and defense. Asia, uh, Jackie Young, she's stepped up and made how many big shots uh, over the course of this series and especially yesterday. Like, there's just so many different pieces that they hit you with. And then you add, you add the dynamic of them out executing you in the fourth quarter and then in overtime on top of that on your home floor. I mean, what more can you say? I feel like that's – that's one of those series where, or that's one of those games where, of course, things don't carry on from game to game. But when you lose in that fashion in front of your home, in front of your home team, and then you add to the uh, to the fold that Sue Bird is potentially her last game, like that's another, that's a whole another fire that you have to kind of try to put out and just like remain present and try to, you know, get another win and force the game extended to uh, going back to Vegas. It's just so many different things and so much pressure that they just put on the Seattle Storm. I don't know if they'll be able to overcome it. However, if there is a team that will be able to overcome that in the series, it's going to be the Seattle Storm. There's nothing they haven't seen. They have the, the one of the best point guards to ever touch a basketball. And then they have Brianna Stewart, who's arguably the MVP this season. Like, what more can you ask for in terms of being able to step up to that? Well, we'll I see. know exactly but, what you can ask for. And that's Jewel Lloyd. Like, that's not to, not to be unkind to her, but, like, I, to be fair, I think, especially in the last few games, Jackie Young has been really good on her. Like, she's done awesome stuff fighting through screens, just being extremely active off the ball and making it really hard for Jewel to to get any kind of uh, any kind of real stuff going off screens. But Jewel still had, like, probably eight or nine shots where she was pretty clean yesterday. Yeah. And she missed more than she – I mean, it's, it, that's been her entire season. I thought, you know, maybe the last two weeks – of the season it looks like she was turning that around even in that game in washington too but it just hasn't been there for her especially in, in you know in this series um and honestly that's that's the difference here like her defense has been really good she's done a really good job playmaking it's just the shots like if she's not going to be jewel lloyd making those those tough buckets that are pull-ups um that are mostly open like open enough for jewel lloyd then i just don't know if it, it's enough for seattle offensively well, that's a lot of why they won game one right there is because she showed yeah. up and she showed up in the fashion and she did a great point. 100%. And, and I tell you what, if game three did not go to overtime and Sue Bird makes that and they don't make that layup, right, we'd have been talking about Joel Lloyd. We'd have yeah. been talking about Joel Lloyd in the third quarter, fourth quarter, knocking down shots and taking over, right? Mm-hmm. And so I absolutely agree with you that that she is the X factor. Um, it's so interesting because this is like a hot take, but I think for people who are going to understand why I'm saying this, like that team can be run through her. I understand why it's ran through Stewie, right? Like, obviously, duh. 
but it can be run through her because you have to be intentional in getting her shots, Mm -hmm. right? Stewie is going to get shots because she's a workhorse. She's always in the right place, right time. She's a mismatch nightmare for anybody who's in front of her. But Jewel, you have to work to get shots. Like there has to be intention to make sure that she keeps the ball in her hand and she's getting those looks and getting clean looks. She does a very good job of working hard for her looks, right? Her step back three is like unguardable at at, at moments and also mid-range stuff, but they have to be intentional about getting her looks. But I will say for Seattle, I think watching that game back, all you go back and look is like, yo, we beat ourselves. Like they didn't have enough in overtime, literally enough in the tank to win that game, but to fight back the way that they did. And they did it with other people having their moments and picking their spots, but finishing with Joel Lloyd doing what Joel Lloyd can do. Like you walk away, like, yeah, that's all we got to do. You know what I'm saying? We just got to do it consistently, but I don't feel like, I don't feel like how Connecticut feels to Chicago. Seattle feels to Vegas. I think they yeah. definitely feel like, yo, we're fine. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you lose mm-hmm. one in overtime. It shouldn't have gotten that far. We got tired at the end. We got lax at the end. That's okay. We can replenish and we can, you know, like come back together. Um, but I, I think you just look and you're like, yo, we beat ourselves. But in the ways that we came back, we're able to fight and get there. It ain't no problem. It ain't no problem. I definitely see this series going to five games. Um, I, I don't think that Seattle is just going to lay down. I really don't. I think as powerful as Chelsea Gray has been, which uh, to me, I think always in playoff situations and series, it's the point guards. Like it yes. comes down to whose point guard is better. I truly believe every single time, every series comes down to whose point guard is better. Um, and mm-hmm. that's the reason why the Sue Birds, the, the Sluties of the world have been in these situations over and over and over again, because that is the key to the recipe. Um, but there's just no point guard that's playing better than Chelsea Gray right now. And I don't think that she's going to slow down. Even if she slows down, I think her production in terms of getting the ball to people who need to get it and dishing it off, is just going to be just as high to get her team to win. Um, and, and so, and that's obviously not talking about like Asia Wilson and what Asia has been doing, right? Like to have 32 or 31, then come back and have 34, even if you travel at the end, like, bro, she's killing regardless, you know? I, to y'all's Chelsea, great point. The, the advanced numbers on what she's done in this postseason are just scary. Like they, you'd almost don't believe them. And you would think like her assist numbers are down. They're not down either. Uh, but leading, leading the league in points per play PER offensive rating uh i mean she's shooting 62 percent from three on nearly 60 six attempts per game i i don't know bro i wouldn't even pass i wouldn't even pass i pass like every single time and chuck it and you still have Asia wilson on this team like exactly who can rebound for me if i miss uh, and, how many, and how many of those Chelsea Gray shots are coming off a of catch and shoot? Those are almost all self-created. So mm-hmm. the fact that she's doing it at that high of a clip is just unfathomable. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean the I don't I don't know who has like a like a shot difficulty rating, but like I mean obviously some of them are like I I thought it was gonna catch up to them at some point. Like okay, this is not the ace of style to just you know have a possession where someone dribbles out the entire clock, a la James Harden, you know like, but when you're shooting at that efficient of a rate, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue with her, her true shooting percentage right now is what, uh, it's gotta be like in the eighties, right? I think it's like, Close 70, to it. I thought it was like 70. 76.8. That's nuts. That's insane. That's nuts. For a guard. Too, if I'm I remember shocking. correctly, I think Again. I want to say it was 54.1% was league average true shooting during the regular season. So that's insane. Yeah, she's just in the zone. What, wherever she is mentally, nobody can touch. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I liked what she said in her post-game interview. I swear I love post-game interviews. And she just was like, it's the same shots over and over and over again. It's the same reps over and over and over again. And I'm just making them at a high clip. And, like, the best players, that's what they're doing, right? Like, the Joel Lloyds of the world, the Asia Wilsons of the world, the Stewies of the world, they're not shooting anything different they've ever shot before. They are just mm-hmm. excellent at making their same shots over and over and over at a high clip, no matter what defense you throw at them. Um, and so, yeah, this is 100% Chelsea Gray standing count. I mean, we've, um, okay. we've seen this before, though, right? Like with Khalid Copper last year. Like, oh, yeah. Nope. Like uh, so many – when they get that – any player or, like, you know, a pitcher who's on or just anyone who's in that mode, I don't – I think she's hit that that point of where, okay, it's, it's just like uh, – a small sample size or you can't keep this up. Uh, Chelsea Gray is going to be unstoppable the, the rest of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think for me, I, game four is such a toss up because I, I know that like some people, like my gut says 
Seattle, but at the same time, uh, for all the reasons we just talked about in the Aces, like I see, you know, I could easily see Vegas taking game four, but I don't see them losing two in a row here. Um, And I I don't know, Chelsea Gray to me is the scariest player in the playoffs right now. Yeah. So what's your prediction? What's your prediction? I think the Aces will win game four, sadly. Okay. Are you going to put your money where your mouth is? Uh, here's the thing here's the thing i'm so confident in chicago and every time chicago wins so does las vegas so you know um, all right. I, you know I'm, i don't want to be superstitious but uh, i'll I, go against the green i think it's gonna go five I'm, I'm with ice i still think it goes five i think Drew lloyd has a really good game four because it's just bound to happen um mm-hmm. so yeah i'm there also has anybody ever thought about putting chelsea gray nakagumake and uh, candace park on the same team before <laughs> I feel like that might not be a bad idea. So, um, where are you at with this this series, Steven? Man, honestly, coming into the series, I had I just feel like the the aces in the sky have been intertwined all season long. So, of course, that's naturally going to be my final prediction. Um, I did think the the aces were going to struggle to get past the storm for all the things that I mentioned earlier in the uh, in the series talk that we had. Um, but that being said. The fact that the Storm lost this last game, it leaves me a little uneasy. I'm not going to lie. The fashion, like the way they went about. But I'm still going to go ahead and say that the Aces are going to win it in five. They're not going to win it tomorrow. They're going to end up winning it in five. Uh, but it's going to be it's gonna be very close, nail-biting style, style basketball as it's been. I'm very much like Ice in terms of looking at point guards. I'm a point guard enthusiast with everything. Chelsea Gray has been the best point guard in the playoffs, and she's been the best player in the playoffs so far. Um, and that's going to end up weighing heavily in the, how this series ends up turning on its head once it's finally said and done. But I do think the Storm bounces back tomorrow, and they finally put that final stamp on things in crunch time to get the win. Okay. I love it. All right. So to close out, <clears throat> um, we're going to do this with every team. So, like, just be fair, right? Okay, so Connecticut wins their series, right? Some miraculous, you know, God intercedes, Dewana Bonner goes off, Courtney Lee doesn't miss a mid-range pull-up. Who is the better matchup for Connecticut, Vegas or Seattle? Dan, I'll go. It's so hard because I just, like, don't – It's Dan, hard. It's, I know, I know. It's just hard, <laughs> hard for me to imagine any type of world where the Chicago team loses two games. But uh, better matchup for them, oof, uh, easily, easily Seattle. Okay. Mark? Uh, I think the better matchup for them is tough. I think, I mean, just based on how the two teams are playing right now, probably Seattle. I think that they'll have a good size mismatch on either team, but more so against the Aces, but the Aces could spend not so much. I'd, I'd say Seattle still. Okay. Steven? I would definitely say Seattle. The fact that they have so many ineptitudes on offense compared to what the Aces can present, I feel like it's a lot more neutralized in a sense going against Seattle, so I would definitely say Seattle for Connecticut. Okay, but Sky come out. Who's the better matchup for the Sky? The better matchup. Not what you want to see. I want the better matchup. Hmm. Yeah. I I oh, it's so hard because like I like if you think about the regular season and how the Aces have performed against Chicago, it's it's tough, but I I do think playoffs are a little different. Mm-hmm. And I rather go against like with the Chicago team. Um, I think you probably see a lot more Rebecca Gardner playing uh defensively too. Um I don't know. I it's it's hard for me not to say Seattle because I I trust Chicago's bigs defensively. I didn't trust them in the regular season, but the defense lately has just been so good. Um I want to say Las Vegas, but I don't think I can. I think I got to go Seattle. Okay. Mark? Uh, I think it's definitely Seattle. Um, Like, I honestly, I couldn't, again, I couldn't be wrong. Call me on this in the finals. Uh, t- Tag me on whatever video you post. Uh, I <laughs> honestly think the Aces have kind of figured out Chicago um, to mm-hmm. a degree. Like, not that I don't think it's going to be a close series still if they play, but especially in the Commissioner's Cup game mm-hmm. when they played – like they really have just leaned into okay, we're going to make your post make shots. We're not going to come out and guard your DHOs, um, and and split cuts like like Stephen was talking about with Connecticut. Like they're very set on saying okay, Candace t- 
take 10 threes. You might make enough to make us care, but we're not going to let you guys get some of the interior penetration you can get if we let you guys slip the basket and get some things going that way. Um, and I think that's like, to me, the only real quote unquote weakness with Chicago is that the shooting can be shaky at times. And I think that's, again, that's played out a ton in this Connecticut series. Maybe they're saving all their shots for the aces, but um, I don't know. I think if I'm Chicago, I definitely would rather see Seattle. And I, I will say though, like in that commissioner's cup and some of the other matchups, like the aces had just superior shooting nights, like just mm-hmm. ridiculous shooting nights. Like I, Asia wasn't even a factor in that commissioner's cup game. Uh, not that like I don't want to say it wasn't a factor, but I, I I wouldn't say that she had a huge emphasis. But um, no, I feel you. I feel you on the uh, the figuring out Chicago thing though, like mm-hmm. defensively at least. Yeah, Stephen. And that's why that's the great elixir of having series because it's different how you treat one offs in the regular season. Even a commissioner's cup game, it's a one off. It's just one game. It's one and done. When you get to a series and you get the preparation and you get to use it, all the information that you gather from those games that came prior to that series, I feel like that's where it comes back to the leadership and head coach and point guard play. Those three things in tandem, however you want to rank them, you rank them, but everything's filtered between those three things. And that being said, I'm going to say the Aces because I spent the entire season hearing uh, Coach James Wade hints at um, – Everybody treating the Las Vegas Aces as holier than thou. They're the darlings of the league, all of these things. So, of course, they're not going to publicize it when it's not asked about. But behind closed doors, I can almost put all my money and all my earnings on it that they have this chip on their shoulder specifically for the Las Vegas Aces. So I'm going to say it's the Aces because they have a lot of things that I'm sure they've been waiting for to use against them tactically, schematically. Um, And it would be like them emptying the clip of sorts in terms of being able to do that against that specific opponent, especially for, honestly, the only team that the Sky really struggled against. They had their ups and downs against the Storm as well, but they weren't as profound as it was against the Aces. So for the revenge factor and things of that nature, I'm going to say for the Sky, it's going to be the Aces. Okay. All right, to wrap it up, um, our finals preview and MVP choice. Uh, I have Chicago repeating. Against all things Chelsea Gray in my freaking DNA, I do have Chicago repeating. I've had it all season. Uh, I do think Candace will get finals MVP. Uh, I, I just think that she's just going to do exactly what she's been doing. Uh, and I do agree with you, Stephen, that I think Chicago can figure out and stun Vegas. I, I really do. Uh, I think it's tough because they're a great one-on-one team. Uh, but I, I also think when you play as a unit defensively, as tough as Chicago can do that. I think they can mess around and stun them. So that that is my pick. Dano doesn't like it, but I know he still loves me. But now we're gonna go with him. What do you have to say, Bestie? No, I love it so much. I would make so much money if Chicago wins it all this year, and that would be like the biggest blessing. I'll take you on the nicest dinner you've ever had. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll take all of you on a great dinner. Um, no, no. Just me. I am <laughs> I am so afraid of Chelsea Gray though. Uh I and I mean I know I I my heart says Chicago, but my my brain says the, the Aces kind of just figured it out. Um I think the Aces went in five at home and it's a big party in Vegas and Mark has a great time. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I hate Chelsea, Vegas, so Chelsea I'm I'm Dano. hoping. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Dano, you have Chelsea being MVP. Oh, easy. Yeah, like okay. just. I just want to make sure we got a lot of Asian Wilson lovers, including referees. And those they're gonna they're gonna get every MVP. They're gonna get the they got the All Star Game MVP. They got the Commissioner's Cup Game MVP. Finals MVP, and then hopefully Asia Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Mark. Uh, I, I have to stick my guns. I think I, to me, this is just the aces year and the way that things have worked out. Um, ironically enough, like going into the playoffs, I thought that I had, I I had questions about them still. Um, but with how, with how Chelsea's playing the way that things have looked in the half court, um, something that as much talent as they have, uh, has been an issue for them at times this year. Um, I just, I, I think that they do it this year. Like, I, I just see it. I don't know. Like, that's like the weakest analysis possible, but that's that's where I'm at with it. I just think that they have it. 
um if they win in if they win in five we can do we can do a courtside pod in, in las vegas wherever it's at so but yeah <laughs> steven last one i'm sure you're not gonna surprise me though <laughs> i think like mark said having the juice and having that that quote-unquote it at this point in the season speaks a lot to you know your, your chances against whoever your opponent might be in the finals should you get to the finals um, that being said, I still, as I've had all season, have the Chicago Sky retweeting as champions. I've actually had Courtney Vandersloot being my finals MVP. Um, just kind of looking at how when that team is their absolute best, like they take on different forms as far as when Candace is the best player versus when Kai is the best player versus when Slutty is the best player. And I feel like their best, most well-rounded version of themselves is when Slutty is that best player because she's being aggressive from the point of attack defensively. Uh, mucking things up at the point of the screens and getting her hands on deflections and just doing a good job of containing the ball to doing things and inversely offensively, picking teams apart, getting to her midi pull-ups, getting to the basket, and just beating teams with the pass and just thinking next level. Uh, so I have the Sky winning the championship, and Candace Parker is going to obviously have to play a huge part. Kalia Copper has to play better than she has in this series against the Sun. But I think it's going to be behind the play of Courtney Vandersloot that they get over the hump, especially if they go against the Aces because Slutty um, has to outplay Chelsea Gray, who's been the best player in, in the playoffs so far. So, you know, you put that context to it, that's the main avenue and outlet for them to do that. And I think she'll be up to the task like she was last season and they'll repeat the champion. And I think that will make them the first repeat champion since early 2000s. Was yeah. it 01 or 02? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we've got predictions. I will write these down possibly start a group chat and just remind y'all as what I'm you know said happens and like you know I speak the future no but um definitely in for a treat for the rest of this series and semifinals and then the finals um Mark and Steven thank you guys so much for joining us on Dice It Up it was a true pleasure to just hear about your analysis um how you guys cover the league and different teams um and just to really appreciate your support and the relationships that we built through covering the w it's been really great um and dan i love you as always Dan. yeah i love you too make sure you follow our awesome guest and uh yeah follow me and bet uh the sky money line game four do it let's uh <laughs> let's cash some tickets let's cash some tickets we'll see y'all next time <laughs>